0: This is Israeli Technology Founders Speak, a podcast of conversations with successful Israeli high-tech and biotech entrepreneurs, with your host, Avraham Hermon. Rafi Cohen is a co-founder and the chief business officer at Day3Labs, a biotech company that has developed a commercial product for delivering cannabis faster than conventional delivery methods. Avram and Rafi sat down in the offices of JMB Davis Ben David in Jerusalem to discuss the idea behind Day3Labs. How they stand out over their competition, how they deal with changing regulatory problems tips for startup founders, and much more. This podcast is a creation of J.M.B. Davis Ben David, an intellectual property law firm serving clients around the world. You have great innovations. We keep them safe. It's not enough to just have a great startup idea or innovation. If you don't legally protect your innovations, products, and brand, anyone can claim them as their own. We keep your great innovation secure. Learn more by going to jmbdavis.com. That's J-M-B-D-A-V-I-S dot
1: Okay, good afternoon, Rafi Cohen. Thanks for visiting here in JMB Davis Ben David in our Jerusalem office, right next to your office here in Jerusalem.
2: It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Rafi is a co-founder of Day3 Labs, and we're going to hear from him today about Day3 Labs, a little bit about cannabis. And first, we'll start with what problem does Day Three Labs solve?
2: So Day Three Labs has been around for almost three years now. And the genesis of our company goes back to a time when the cannabis industry in the United States was struggling to, to find solutions for fast acting profiles. So that means if you eat a gummy or any form of edible, Or drink a beverage. You want to know that the onset time of the active ingredients in that product will be predictable so that you don't, for example, a very common problem in the cannabis space with edibles in particular is that people eat one gummy and nothing happens. And then a half hour later, you look at your watch and you're like, it's been a half an hour and nothing's happened. I probably have to have another one. So you have another one. And then 20 minutes later, still nothing has happened. So you have another one. And when all is said and done, when the THC hits you 60, 90 minutes in, you are you face-planted because you've taken so much that you have gone way beyond where you intended to be.
1: For those listeners who don't understand and aren't familiar with cannabis, one of the actives is tetrahydrocannabinol, THC, and that's essentially what gives people a lot of the feeling that they have after consuming cannabis. The market, I think, typically has been, in the past- smoking and uh, is moving in the direction of edibles.
2: That's right. So we identified that trend along with many others that the market was moving to edibles because smoking is not healthy and people also associate smoking marijuana with certain cultural norms, which many users nowadays would like to distance themselves from. So in general, not to say that there are not a lot of smokers out there, there are, but There is a trend of, of cannabis use that is moving over towards more mainstream consumer product form factors. So whether that's candy or beverage or general food products or vaporizers that you see all over the place, people are looking for alternative ways to consume cannabis. And the most popular one as far as its growth in the market is edibles. And so we realized that the industry was. Actively searching, and and many brands were actively trying to solve for that onset issue. We were approached by a brand that was looking for a fast onset technology, and they said, "We know that people are using nano emulsions. We would like to use one too. Can you help us create one?" And we did. We engaged with a scientist here in Israel who helped us create a nanoemulsion. It take, took a couple weeks, and we developed an sop together with him and we sold that to to this brand in california and that was it we did it It was a one-off deal but what we realized was that this is a problem that more and more people are looking to solve for and nano emulsion once we knew how it worked given the ingredients that that go into it and the regulatory sensitivities that we soon learned about as we spoke to more and more people in the field and scientists who create these products, we realized that that was not a good solution. And we sought out a a partner that would work with us to create a much more efficient and healthy alternative to what we saw as being a growing segment in the edible space, which is these fast onset or more predictable onset products, and which are to this very day, based largely on nanoemulsions. So maybe you can
1: fast forward for our listeners and discuss what sort of products you have out on the market.
2: We ended up doing a, a partnership deal with a company called Izun Pharmaceuticals, based out of Jerusalem in Israel, where we have created a joint venture with them to commercialize IP that was developed by them over the course of six years. And that IP is designed to create a very similar onset time. So somewhere between eight and 20 minutes, depending on a person's endocannabinoid system and a whole other a variety of factors that go into how a person's uh, digestive system works. They will, when they try one of our products, they will get that rapid onset feeling so that they know that something is happening and they won't take any more while our product, along with that, brings several other advantages over the technologies that are currently in the marketplace, and specifically the nanoemulsions. And those are, first and foremost, that we don't use any chemicals. We provide a product that is chemical-free, it's all natural in the sense that it is all food-grade ingredients, and we are not using any additives that the emulsions use in order to create the uh, tiny particle sizes at which they operate. And in addition to that, because of the way that our product is metabolized by the, by the body, what ends up happening when a person metabolizes THC, what we call in the industry delta-9-THC, the metabolism creates a, a new compound called 11-hydroxy the feeling that a person gets from from metabolized thc is not the same as what a person feels when they consume non-metabolized thc so that's why when a person smokes or inhales cannabis the feeling that they get in general is different from when a person eats cannabis so a cannabis edible will create a different sensation to the consumer as opposed to smoked cannabis and The way the technology that we utilize works is it bypasses the liver so that you don't have that metabolized THC in your system. You have the original Delta-9 that you consumed, and therefore the experience that you have when you consume a, a product that includes our product, which we call Unlocked, is a very, very similar experience to the one that you would have if you were smoking. So we take the full profile of the plant as it is when it grows in the ground and we provide it to you in edible form, which is much more accessible and also healthy for uh, the vast majority of consumers.
1: You had mentioned uh, your product name is Unlocked and your company name is Day3. Maybe you could talk a little bit about your company name where that comes from. Absolutely.
2: Product name. So I'll start with the product name. The The thought behind Unlocked is that we are taking the cannabis plant and all of its hundreds of different compounds, each one of which, when standalone, generally does not deliver a specific experience, but when put together, often those compound combinations create variable experiences. And one thing that cannabis users look for is that variable experience. So if they'll consume plant A or a derivative of plant A versus the derivative of of plant B, they will expect a different experience. And we are able to provide that in our technology as opposed to most edibles that do not. And so if you smoke plant A, you'll get experience, that particular experience. And if you smoke plant B, you'll get the other experience. And we are able to provide that variety of experiences through using additional form factors which are much more accessible to people, and people very much appreciate that. So we called our product Unlocked, demonstrate that we are unlocking the power of the cannabis plant, but in a real way. So taking that cannabis plant and providing it to you as it was intended to be. Now, Day 3 Labs, uh, the our name comes from uh, the creation story, because the third on the third day of creation, God created vegetation. And the cannabis plant is one of the miracles of creation and its therapeutic effects and the overall happiness that it brings to people. And we decided to take that biblical theme and adopt it into our our world in which we create products that are helpful and healthy and make people happier and, and, and more joyful. So it was a good way to bring us back to our biblical roots In the pure sense where we are able to deliver that pure experience through our technology.
1: So you're talking a lot about uh, recreational uh, cannabis and in Israel, as we know, we're, we're in a place where that's not legal yet. Maybe it will be soon, Uh, but uh, there's a lot of cannabis related R and D here in Israel. What's unique about day three labs being here in Israel and your position in Israel?
2: So that's a great question. And the link to Israel. Started is really at the, at the root of day three labs. And when my co-founder, Josh started day three labs, even before he and I met, the thought process behind it was to create a bridge between Israeli R and D, where you Avram just mentioned that there is significant R and D in the cannabis space being done in Israel, but Israel has no market as far as a consumer facing industry. It is pharmaceutical, so people can go to the pharmacy and buy cannabis that is prescribed, but you and I can't. Thankfully, we don't have ailments that require it, but it is not a product that is open to the general consumer. And as opposed to in the United States, where there's very little, relatively speaking, medical R&D being done, because the vast majority of consumers are recreational consumers. And there is certainly a fine line between A medical consumer and a recreational consumer because it just means that one is buying in a pharmacy and one is buying in a dispensary or in a cannabis store. They could very well be using it for the same thing, right? Back pain or shoulder pain or nausea or what have you, or in more severe cases, epilepsy or Parkinson's or something like that. But it comes down to what their designation is as a purchaser. So we saw. That there was this gap between sophisticated R and D being done in Israel with no way, no commercial outlet for that R and D and the United States where there's a vast commercial outlet for products, which are highly unsophisticated and very red- rudimentary to the extreme in the sense that people are, or up until very recently were making products essentially in their bathtub, the same way they had made products for many, many years before when it was illegal to do it. So that bridge was intended to take very specific Israeli R and D, which we thought had commercial potential and transform it in a way that would allow it to be commercialized at scale in the United States. And so our, like I mentioned before, our pilot technology was really that nano emulsion. And once we realized the deficiencies of nano emulsion, we identified the technology that we use today unlocked and the capability that it had to to transform edible products. And we took it from bench scale, and we turned it into a mass produced product in the United States. And so now we have we have manufacturing facilities that we partner with in California and in Colorado and soon to be other states as well. And that is really what makes Day3 Labs so unique in the ecosystem here is that we are a true commercial bridge between high-level R&D that we continue to do here in Jerusalem, in the lab that we partner with IZUN to run and operate, and at our facilities in the United States where we are able to translate the R&D that's being done here into large-scale manufacturing processes. And the vast majority of Israeli companies don't have access to outside markets in that way. So some have created licensing arrangements, some export product from Israel, but overall, the way that we are able to translate that R&D into real large-scale manufacturing and commercial products makes us very, very unique in the ecosystem here.
1: Okay, very interesting. Just uh, as an aside, you mentioned the U.S. market in California and Colorado. So how much of the U.S. are you uh, able to market Cannabis related products too.
2: So every time there's an election in the United States, more and more states open up to cannabis. Last I checked, there were 33 states that were legal plus the District of Columbia legal in some way. Some are only medical. Some are both medical and recreational. And that number changes consistently and increases every couple of years. So those states are essentially open to us. Most of the. Larger scale brands in the US, the ones that operate in multiple states, you'll find in 8, 10, 12 states, manufacturing in the United States is complicated from a regulatory perspective because cannabis is illegal on a federal level. It is a Schedule 1 drug, which means that it is a banned substance under federal law. And so you are not allowed to cross state lines or federal borders With cannabis. And so every manufacturing facility in the United States services only the state in which it is located. And so if you manufacture in California, you can only sell in California. And if you want to manufacture, uh, if you want to sell in another state, you have to manufacture in that state. And so we are establishing partnerships in multiple states, but you have to be strategic and judicious about which states you go to because it has to make commercial sense. So while you could theoretically manufacture in all of those states. The reality is is that most brands don't do it because commercially it doesn't make sense. And so we are partnering with some of the larger brands in the industry, which will eventually put us over the next couple of years, hopefully in 10 to 12 states. But until cannabis becomes federally legal, that a federal distribution challenge is one that everybody faces and is is very challenging for the industry.
1: None of the product that's made here in Israel on a lab scale can get exported into the U S. It's all, it's all technology that's, that's being transferred. That's right?
2: right. The way to export from Israel would be to join with a licensed Israeli producer who has an export license and then to export from here. But you're absolutely right. It, it is much more efficient and much more or much less of a regulatory challenge. To manufacture on site rather than going through import and export difficulties.
1: So, uh, watching the news and hearing about the cannabis industry, you see that there are a number of companies that were up and coming over the last, I don't know, five years or so, and now they're failing. So, how do you deal with that? How are you guys succeeding when other companies are failing?
2: That's a great question. And the cannabis industry has been hit. Pretty hard, certainly over the last nine, 10 months or so when the general markets have uh, seen a downturn and uh, the cannabis market even more so because it's still a relatively fringe market. So it means that the effects are much more volatile than the volatility that you have in the general capital markets. So cannabis companies have been hit hard. One thing about cannabis and we saw that during Covid is that people will continue to buy, even if they will be more judicious about how much they spend possibly, but they will continue to buy because cannabis has become a staple for many, many people in many, many places. So we definitely as an industry on the whole are going through a challenging time. And, but because of the awareness and the uh, acceptance that cannabis is a product has achieved among the consumer public, the industry will uh, remain strong because those consumers are still there. Now, we as a company are positioning ourselves as a leader on the technology side and a product differentiator. And uh, where companies that have, quote unquote, me too products and are making the same thing as everybody else will find it more and more difficult to differentiate themselves. And separate from the pack, our technology, which is a technology that, that places products that incorporate our ingredient on a different scale, on a different level than existing products. Our technology is that differentiator. And so the brands that will use unlocked as their act, as their active ingredient. Are going to be the, those market leaders and that positions us well against existing competition to survive even the downturn. And of course you can't go through a challenging time without top notch investors who are supportive and, and, and have been consistently backing us throughout this process. And of course a, an amazing team, both on the Israeli side and on the US side that puts you in a position where even when you have challenges, and every startup company has challenges, as we all know, it allows you to uh, overcome and and weather those, even when they they can become difficult.
1: So you had mentioned investors. Can you talk a little bit about the nature of investment and how Day Three got off the ground?
2: We raised a, a seed round in December 2021, which allowed us to create the partnership that we have with Izun to acquire the IP that we use to create Unlocked. We use that investment to scale the manufacturing out of the lab in Jerusalem into the manufacturing facilities in which we are currently present in the United States, to to master the use of large-scale manufacturing equipment and acquire that equipment and hire a team. We're now a team of 13 between both countries. And to now position ourselves where we are just at the cusp of creating that recurring revenue stream that will get us to the point where we won't need any more investment capital so we are actually now in the process of raising a second round to get us to that point where we will see that we we cross that profitability line which all being well we expect to be in to, to happen in the third quarter of this year and that that would be if we can get through to that point, with raising two rounds of investment, I think that would be an amazing achievement for a startup like ours. Sure,
1: and especially going through difficult times like like now. Absolutely. So, what about cannabis investors? Now, are in general, are they hesitant to invest in the space? You said it's a little bit of a fringe type of a field.
2: So that's a fascinating question, and we're seeing that now as we raise this second round. There are a significant number of investors. Who were both cannabis and non-cannabis investors. When I say investors, I mean institutional investors, funds that had portfolio funds that invested in cannabis, but that the, uh, those were arms of larger funds that invested in other things as well. And we have seen a drop off in that investment where people are consolidating their investments into what they call their, their focus verticals. And cannabis was the you know, the sandbox where people are now playing less than they used to. There are certainly dedicated cannabis funds that that continue to invest, many being more selective with their investments than they were. And we're seeing a focus on product differentiation and not just branding and marketing where in the past, if you were a brand that was well known, that would put your valuation in the hundreds of millions. Those brands are now certainly having a hard time Justifying those valuations. We as a technology company are positioned very differently than the mainstream cannabis companies because we're technically not a cannabis company. We're a technology company that incorporates technology into the manufacture of cannabis products. And we provide that technological advantage that, that products that don't use unlocked don't have. But we are able to kind of bridge the gap between tech. And cannabis. And so that puts us at an advantage when it comes to having those conversations with cannabis investors. But it is certainly a challenging time for raising money. And th- there, uh, there are many investors that have scaled back their investment in the space and, um, you know, are waiting for the tides to turn in the general capital markets before they come back. Sounds interesting and challenging.
1: So we had mentioned, uh, legalization and the slow process of legalization in the U S. How does day three deal with the constant environment of uh, changing laws?
2: Every cannabis company has this constant challenge of keeping up with changing regulation. And even the cannabis regulators have that challenge because they don't even necessarily know how to implement laws that change very, very rapidly. And so it's this fascinating world where the regulator and the, the corporate entities work together to kind of shape this regulatory framework in which everybody has to operate. And there's a lot of dialogue between them. And I'll give you an example. We operate out of a facility in Colorado, and there was recently a, uh, a visit to the facility by the regulator in Colorado, and they were fascinated by our technology. One of the reasons was that they just couldn't understand why anyone would need our technology because they were so accustomed and are so accustomed to nanoemulsions, they didn't fully understand why someone would not want to use a nanoemulsion and when we explained to them that nanoemulsions can trip regulatory wires as far as particle size, often use ingredients that are unhealthy or in order to achieve that, really minuscule particle size, even you as ingredients that are not necessarily intended for, for food. And we explained to them that the advantage of our technology is that we are able to overcome the need for those chemical surfactants. And they just couldn't understand why no one had ever been talking about this before and why everyone is using these chemicals, which nobody had looked into. Now, not to say that all those chemicals Are not fit for use, but no one's ever looked into it. And so the regulator here now has this opportunity to go out and regulate where they didn't even realize that they should even be thinking about that. So you have this dynamic and constantly changing regulatory landscape in many, many facets of the industry. And being a technology company, we, we distance ourselves from the cannabis oversight. In the sense that we are not licensed and we don't need to be licensed because we provide a tech solution. We don't ever take custody over any regulated substance. We don't buy and sell cannabis. We lend our technology to cannabis brands so that they can incorporate a highly effective and differentiated ingredient into their product. But that puts us outside of the cannabis regulation as a framework. But also allows us to have that fascinating dialogue with the regulator about what should cannabis regulation look for and what should it look like as products become more and more sophisticated?
1: So you have this experience of being a founder of a startup company, and a lot of our listeners are potential founders and are interested in, in learning from, from experience of founders. What kind of tips can you give to people who have an idea? for a company and are starting out?
2: The first thing you need to do is to surround yourself with the best people possible. And it doesn't matter what your idea is, and it doesn't matter in what vertical you operate, but if you have a top-notch team, then your chances of success are much greater than they would be otherwise. And I come from the investment world where I, uh, I'm i a lawyer by training, and I have done work with uh, investors and startup companies over the years. And the first thing the investor always looks at is the team. And that's true from the side of the table that I'm on now as well. Sitting on the other side where I'm on the the team side, you see why that is. Because top-notch people can will make or break your venture. And so find those people that you enjoy working with, that you feel bring a complementary skill set to the table and lock them down even if they don't necessarily have the experience in the industry in which you're operating all of that if their skill sets are such that you can create a a well-rounded and um and cohesive team then your chances of success are much greater so that's the first thing and then the second thing is that you you have to and this i think most entrepreneurs understand. And this is why they become entrepreneurs is because is where you identify that gap in whatever industry in which you operate. And you, from your experience, see that your solution is one that is unique. And so that's how we ended up with our unlock technology, because I've been in the cannabis space now for seven years. And Josh, six years, And uh, through our in-depth knowledge and understanding of the industry, we we were able to see that the industry was struggling with something and we were able to find that solution that to overcome that challenge. And if you're able to do that and see how an industry really is lacking something and you're able to plug that hole and serve that need, then together with the right people, your chances of success are really, really good.
1: Okay. Those sound like really good, important tips. We'll end with one question regarding your goals. You'd mentioned that in about six months, you're, you're going to be turning profitable. What about five years down the road? Where do you see yourselves?
2: So like I said before, we, we hope to be profitable by the end of this year, which for us would be our first real year of manufacturing, given that 2022 was really a setup year. So that would be an amazing achievement for us and for any startup, really, if you're able to, to, to be in the black at the end of your year one of operating. What we are working on now is to two pronged approach to the industry. One is really making this technology as the need to have, not a nice to have, but a need to have in the industry. If you want to be a product that is viewed as high quality, respected, one that has that repeat consumer, Base because it is predictable. It's high quality. Everybody knows that what they're buying is good. Then you need to have unlocked inside. It needs to be unlocked by our ingredient. Then the consumer will know that what they are buying is what they, what they want to be buying. So having that presence in the market where we are that need to have ingredient is where we'd like to be. And we want to create that more effective more predictable, uh, healthier standard for the cannabis consumer in the overall cannabis industry. At the same time, we are working on a variety of indication-specific formulations uh, in our lab, and and those are longer-term development projects, but uh we would certainly like to see those Kind of, uh, sprout wings over the next couple of years.
1: You're talking about combinations of cannabinoids and combinations
2: like. of cannabinoids. And what, what we've realized is that the, the, at its core unlocked is a drug delivery system, which we have transformed into a commercial grade product for the cannabis industry, but using it as a, a highly effective drug delivery system for cannabinoids as medicine creates a huge potential for us in the medical and pharmaceutical world of cannabis and so we are now in the process of developing several formulations which are a novel combinations of cannabinoids to tailor made for specific use cases so that means that if you combine a a formulation that is does not exist in nature but is an extraction of An extraction and combination of different compounds from the cannabis plant. And you use standard pharmaceutical research methodology in order to establish the utility of that combination to achieve a certain outcome. And then you combine that with a highly developed and and effective drug delivery system for cannabis. Then you have a product, a medical product, which is a game changer for certain people. So for example, are in the process of developing a formulation for use with Parkinson's patients. We have recently engaged with an incubator here in Israel to incubate that project. And that project is tailored to R and D in the field of tremor reduction for Parkinson's patients. And if we're able to create that cannabinoid combination that alleviates tremor and to provide a drug delivery system that will that will allow for parkinson's patient to to consume that novel combination and it have it take effect within minutes that could be a game changer now we're far away from that and so you asked 5 years we would really like to see that and maybe another project that would be indication specific come to life and yet we're at the beginning of that project and these types of R&D Pathways are, are long and arduous and rife with challenges, as as anyone in the pharmaceutical world knows. But if we are able to create cannabinoid products that have medicinal qualities but are available for sale on the mass market where we operate in the United States and maybe by that time elsewhere as well, that could be a great product to, to bring to users and certainly people who suffer from those conditions. And really could be a great way of mixing our manufacturing capability with the sophisticated R&D that we bring to the table to maximize the capability of the cannabis plant.
1: Okay. So Rafi, thank you very much for spending the time talking to me. I hope our listeners enjoy hearing about your fascinating journey from starting up to a, a product that's on the market already in the US and wishing you lots of success. Thank you, Avram.
0: That was Rafi Cohen, co-founder and the chief business officer at Day3Labs. We hope you enjoyed this episode. There are many more to come. Do you have a great innovation or startup idea? We'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to us by going to our website, jmbdavis.davis.com, And if you go to jmbdavis.com forward slash startup, you'll see we have a special site specifically made for startups to help startups protect their innovations. Please be in touch with us and find out how we can help you. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to bringing you the next episode.